five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Liam Joshua Munn. And I'm Michaela DeJoseph. And this stays between us. Let's go fly a kite up, up to, to the highest heights. I really don't remember the last time I saw Mary Poppins, like the film. Oh, me neither. Did you see the it's new one? Problem. Not, It's not new anymore. That no, was fine. I, thought, <laughs> I think that's a good, good way to put it. Fine. <laughs> I think Emily Blunt is great. Oh, yeah. I can get down and to If you think one. about it, there is a lot of really good people in that film. It's like Meryl Streep, Dick Van Dyke is in it. Angela Lansbury's in it. Streep? Oh, Meryl she was the witch person. In... Yeah, she's only Not in like it for witch, like... like a witch, but like a... I have recently found through the glory hole that is YouTube <laughs> <laughs> that you can quote me on that. I found... <laughs> Um, Phineas's girlfriend So Billie Eilish's brother Phineas yeah. His girlfriend is named Claudia I believe I'm relatively yes. new It is Claudia She's been like an online YouTuber And like creator for like super long time But mm-hmm. I'm straight up obsessed with them Like yeah, they're I am cute. They're so cute First off Phineas <laughs> A beauty Grace I, I, I would marry Phineas Damar but not only because of his talent, but he just seems really, really nice. Anyways. Yeah. But Claudia is also really, really charming. She's so cute. And I'm like, they're like living life and like going, you know, before COVID, I was like catching up on all the stupid six minute vlogs. I watched every <laughs> single one of them. I think they're just so cute. I should watch them. I've seen like a little bit of her vlogs with him in it, but I haven't really gotten into the whole, whole them thing really, but... Yeah. I like no, them. No, I really, no, I, I like them a lot. And um, I don't know, listeners, if you're out there, first off, Billie Eilish released, or as I call her, Billie English, she <laughs> released a new song, My Future, and it's a slapper. Oh, yeah, for she, sure, like, for sure. low-key, like, reinventing song form, because, like, yeah. that bass drops well, a minute and, and a half in. Like, oh, Phineas really writes the music. Yeah, I bet. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if her is she does she write the lyrics. I I think it is pretty collaborative, but I think Phineas does like does mm. the bulk of it. And whenever I hear them speak about each other, it's always like super like supportive. Like it's like oh, of yeah. course you know your brother and sister, but it's like it's very much like without the other person, we wouldn't be creating what we'd be creating. Right, because and, um, a lot of Billy's older stuff like what yeah. she was like 15 when her first ep ocean came eyes out. and stuff what is that, is that a song ocean eyes that's yes, something she wrote when song. she was like 12 but no what i'm saying is i think phineas wrote that like i don't think a 12 year old oh. has that capacity to have that disagree. heartbreak billy's heartbreak. already like 18 she's only 18 i know that's what i'm saying and she was very so she young wrote- and i don't yes she wrote it with phineas yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying Ocean Eyes. I think she wrote it with him. I I Probably. think Billie Eilish is a is a pro, is a borderline prophet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she's literally. I've been on a Billie Eilish kick, and for anybody like who like doesn't like Billie Eilish, like, I get it. It's very like, you know, she's a very specific like tone, right? She but, is, like, but she for, isn't. It's like weird. Yeah, I just think she's like really smart. Like, I don't yeah. love every single one of like her songs, but it's like. I can appreciate either like the lyrics or like I mean like you, I know 
bad guy was literally played every other place yeah. but that bass is so good mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm borderline obsessed but it got me thinking too like i remember the whole reason like again bit on this billy eilish claudia phineas kick um but billy was like talking about you know she was like really candid about mental health and like really mm-hmm. really open about it and especially being like a kid because she was like 17 she's, yeah, she's a child and like <laughs> Yeah, and she was just talking about, like, low-key, like, child fandom, child stars, right? Yeah. Um, And mental health and, like, putting that forward before, you know, her work, especially as, like, a young person in the industry. And it just, like, kind of got me thinking to, like, child stars and, like, especially, like, when we were growing up, we had, like, the Britney Spears and the Lindsay Lohans and the yeah. call back to the Paris Hilton episode. Mm-hmm. But Paris also has a documentary coming out. Did you see the what? ad for that? I did and it's, not. And it's just called "This Is Paris." I'm pretty of sure course. it's what it's called. Simple. But no, to the she point. like talks really, really candidly about like branding and how essentially, like in the 2000s, she was fit for this mold. Um, but it calls back to when we were like watching wow. Simple Life, and like yeah. we were like, Paris seems like a nice person. Like she doesn't seem like an asshole. <laughs> no, and she was like 22 when the Simple Life started. Like she's was young yeah so i'm like thinking in the back of my brain i'm like this makes complete sense that she like i don't know kind of like not, not not like retakes the narrative but definitely like i don't know retalks about like some things that maybe other people made her do oh yeah um, i can totally yeah. see that so, do you have any like favorite child stars um i would it's so there's so many we grew up with so many that are like so i'm a iconic i'm a big fan of lindsay lohan i she's up there i mean parent trap come on come on parent trap parent trap up until like kind of herbie (laughs) yeah herbie was good i like oh like it's it's a slapper and And, i feel um, like teenage drama queen come on i wasn't on that i wasn't on that boat (gasps) you never watched teenage drama queen or you just oh i watched it it. i just don't i just don't think it's good it's like that song slaps Oh, it definitely does slap. Freaky Friday. Like, it just goes on. Freaky Friday. Remember that time that Jamie Lee Curtis literally took that job two weeks before filming? I did know that. Because I'm pretty sure the OG Freaky Friday, I'm going to fact check myself. I think think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like Jodie Foster was the original girl in Freaky Friday. And, Mm. or maybe that's Parent Trap. No, oh, that no. no. no I don't Freaky know if it was Friday. Jodie Foster. Right. It was Freaky Friday because um, she did a thing with I don't know some some magazine that's on like YouTube where she goes over her career and she talked about it and she said that I got I took the job two weeks before they started filming because the other person dropped out. Yeah, but I don't remember I'm who like, the other person was. No, I don't know either. I'm gonna. I like now. I want to like look it up. And then she does. What is what did the? Oh no! I messed it up. I messed it up. It wasn't Jodie Foster. It was Annette Bening, who's like a famous actress, and she, for oh no, it wasn't two weeks, sister wife. It was four. That is bananas. I do remember this because I think you and I watched a similar interview because she was like, I had no idea about the character. I had no idea what I was doing. I just literally got to set and just did it. Yeah. And I was like, but that's one of my favorite movies as a kid. Oh, me too. And Kelly Osborne was originally set to play Maddie, but withdrew because her mother was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, that's oh, so God. sad. 
But I mean, hey. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but I mean, hey, I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson's great. <laughs> I love Kelly Clarkson. I hope she's okay. Um, but I love Lindsay Lohan. I think she's like, and I feel like to a certain extent, this is going to be a bit of tea, a little gossip. Oh. But I feel like a big reason why Mean Girls, the film, did well was because of Lindsay. Totally. And there's a strange, like, underdog charm about her that makes you want to root for her. So when she's really mean, in like when uh, Katie gets really mean, mm-hmm. you're st- you still love her, and you're kind of like, Katie, come on, bitch, like, don't <laughs> be so mean. But so then when the musical came out without Lindsay, it kind of felt. And Erica Henningsen, who originated Katie, is so good. But I feel like a little bit of like, you know what I mean? I feel like Lindsay Lohan was such a big reason of why I loved the film so much. So, of course, yeah, I mean, Lindsay she was Lohan the wouldn't name. be a part of the musical. But yeah, and I just feel like that underdog charm kind of got lost for me. Um, yeah. But I, I I don't know. I feel like, do you have an answer to your favorite child? I, I do. I, it would probably be Raven Simone. Oh, um, my God. I mean, an icon for the ages. Oh, my, she's been through it. Raven Simone has really been, has, has had like a career and she's like young. Like she's not old in the no. slightest. And she's not. I think she was 14 when That's a Raven started. What a good 14, show. 15. Oh, it's such and like a Raven show. was initially like the sidekick of like a sitcom that Disney was doing. And then that yeah. sitcom didn't get picked up. So then, or like, I'm pretty sure she was like, the project was That's a Raven. But then. Uh, Raven Simone was kind of promoted to the to head, to the yeah. lead, and then Annalise Vanderpool, who was originally a theater person, randomly auditioned yeah. for a TV show and got it. I'm like, I as we all know, I am the biggest Annalise Vanderpool fan probably ever. Yeah. Um, she's my queen. Uh, I'm gonna she message her after this to ask if she wants to be on the <laughs> stage between us. Um, wait. She'll do it. Yes, she would. She'll do it. She absolutely it. would. And everyone would be like, why? And I'm like, cause she's my belle. She is she my is bell in my heart. I literally re my bell. Literally, I replay her. Um, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. That whole yeah. part, play it every single year, every year. <laughs> it shows back up in my mem in my uh, iPhotos, and I go, mm, yes, gotta, gotta replay <laughs> this one. Speaking of Disney child stars, Michaela, I've heard you have a game for us I to play. I do a lot of. I've realized a lot of stars that we even know today came out of Mickey Mouse Club House. Is that the full name? I <laughs> Club think it is. House. Yes. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or Mickey Mouse Club, I think, was the real name of it. Like we know mm-hmm. the the popular ones are like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake. But we yeah. got a lot more that oh. are fairly well known. So I'm gonna test your knowledge and see if you know if they were in the Disney Club, uh, not Disney Club, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, or not. Okay, I think I'm ready. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. First one, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell, I think, did. She was a part of the Mickey Club. <laughs> she Mickey was. She was indeed. Ryan what Gosling. Year, do you know? Oh, no. Okay, great. Um, Ryan Gosling, yes. Yes, he was. Demi Lovato. No. She was not. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. He was not. <gasps> was he part of another famous one, I wonder? I feel I like he know. was a child star. 
I do too. Oh, he was in um, Ten Things I Hate About You. So he was a child oh, star. Oh, okay, sure. Um, I don't know if you're gonna know his name, him by his name, but Nick Carter. He's in the Backstreet Boys. Yes. He was. Selena Gomez. No. Correct. Okay, I still don't. I don't know if you're gonna know this girl either. Nikki Deloach. She was in the MTV show Awkward. She was the I'm lead of it. Yes. She was. And last but not least, Zoe Deschanel. No. She was not. Oh, Even Zoe didn't bucket. She was also like a childhood store star. <laughs> she was a childhood store. Um, I did you know Sarah Bareilles didn't get that gig? Oh really? She literally sang "Part of Your." That's why sometimes, like randomly, when she's in concert and she doesn't know what to do, she'll just sing "Part of Your World" because she sang "Part of <laughs> okay. Your World" for the audition for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and didn't get it. So part of her is still crushed. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I bet it's like kind of like especially. I, I was also listening to another podcast where an actor was talking about like being like a child in any industry that involves like entertainment, whether it's like theater or movies or music, it's like somewhat like damaging because you're still a kid dealing with, you know, grown rejection and dealing with, yeah, grown up stuff. And so it makes yeah. you, makes you grow up a little faster. makes your social skills just really on points. Maybe we should have been child stars. Maybe we'd be a little more social. Speaking of social, let's take a break. This week is being dedicated to DonorsChoose.org, which is a place teachers can reach out and ask for help to get supplies for their classrooms. And this one is specifically for Mrs. Trebuzio, who is looking for help funding school supplies for her students. It has been confirmed that her school will start the fall semester remotely. Most of the students' families chose to continue in remote learning to stay safe at home. This project will help ease the burden on families by sending supplies needed directly to the students for their learning. Many of the families are out of work, some live in shelters, and are struggling to provide basic needs for school. The link to the donation page is in the description, so please go donate what you can and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello there, Clears. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> oh, I went southern. And I went to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do a good Australian accent. I think I don't. I think I don't. Like, I can't. <laughs> Australians it's hard. Are, are tough ones. Hello, it's a, it's everybody. Clears. I can do certain words. But not, I can't. Also, do consistent. is it just an Australian thing to say mate, or do British people do it too? Mate? Yeah. Um, depending on what. No, I mean, it is a pretty consistent thing in the UK, but I mean, it depends on where you are too. And if you're a straight white man. <laughs> <laughs> mate? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, if you're gay, you just go, hi. hi. <laughs> So I heard there is some funky things <laughs> happening. Actually, no, that's not that bad. That's actually a good career thing. I've worked in the Berkshires now for like two or three years. If you don't know what that is, it's in like the middle of God knows nowhere in Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. Yes. And there was a news article released and something really cool that happened. The Berkshire Theater Group, which is actually in Pittsfield where I got to work, um, I didn't work with Berkshire Theater Group, but uh, they did a, the one of the first uh, equity-approved productions, and it happened to be Godspell. Um, but it was Lovely. ten feet apart because they're literally not gay. 
Because it's Godspell. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> no gay characters in Godspell. Absolutely um. not. But we did both individually read this article. And how did you feel about it? Like, I got to see a few photos. I got to f- see a few videos. It seems... Yeah. I'm happy to see the actors not wearing masks. <laughs> and that makes me happy. Yes. Um, The set is, like, divided. It's cool. So they have, like, this backdrop that says God is... Love, I think. Love is God. Something like that. Sure. But then there's also, like, these dividers between each thing. And it's so interesting now with, like, what theater is going to be. So, like, Godspell, yeah, is a show where you don't have to be in close proximity to each other. Yeah. Like, the actors. You know what I mean? They can each be in their own little world. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do whatever they want because it's godspell so it makes sense that this was like the first equity approved show yeah and they don't have to wear masks and stuff Mm -hmm. um i wish i they didn't really talk about like what the actors had to go through to like do it they talked about like the audience and stuff um yeah because i think because and having like a one-way thing and stuff to get to your seat yeah because i think technically it was like I, I kind of understand audience being first, right? Because from a publicity standpoint, right. you want to ensure that audiences come and audiences feel safe versus like 10 people on stage, maybe two of them interact close in close proximity without masks. Um, but like yep. a few of the rules that equity laid in place was like they get uh, tested frequently for COVID. Right. Um, there are like standbys and understudies in case somebody goes out, uh, quarantining. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that and from what it seemed like like other than two or three actors being together close proximity like that's kind of it when it comes to staging um like Michaela said I agree that Godspell is kind of this divisive theater piece you could do whatever you want with it that's the whole point of Godspell Mm -hmm. and before you can literally make it about COVID somehow yeah I'm happy that I'm (laughs) like god they didn't I mean but it's like you know, just because I think the show's already about, like, communication and, like, talking to each other. So, I mean, naturally, it would already be about COVID because the audience is coming in with this preconceived notion about COVID-19 and what they just experienced over the last few months and the lack yeah. of communication. So, I don't really think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I hope, you know, I have, of course, I haven't seen it. But um, I think no. the cast is really, really great. Um, there's a girl from the mm-hmm. Waitress tours in it. I think, I think she's blessed the Lord. Yeah. But um, I love the music in that show. I love the revivals arrangements. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Godspell's great. Godspell's fun. I think. Go off, Berkshire. No, yeah. And I think, well, I mean, and if we're being honest, I mean, it just shows the vital business that theater brings in. Same thing with New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, you know, not every single person who comes to visit New York sees a Broadway show. But for the most part, everybody buys a $60 ticket to Phantom or like to Wicked, right. you know, that you, you know, and then we have the um, the more um, versed theater goers going to see, you know, the Tony Award winning shows and stuff. But I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, starting really small with these 10, 12 people shows is a great idea. A lot of uh, right. a theater company I got to work with at Barrington Stage just approved for like one, pe- uh, one person show, uh, Harry Clark, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, and, and mind you, like, Massachusetts released, released their phases and they were like, okay, all of these shows can open in, in inside venues. And then they were like, no, 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 we're going to postpone uh, phase three. Phase three was the theater's opening uh, with limited capacity. Mm-hmm. And so they all had to go outdoors. But every single company 
because it is business-wise so vital to the community of getting people to come and like go to a restaurant, go get coffee, go get, you know what I mean? Like they become, yeah. these theaters become hubs for like cash flow for these communities. Because I can tell you that like Pittsfield where Barrington Stage is, is, is desolate. Like it's, there is nothing right. there. There is one main strip of stores and the two theaters are either side of them, you know, uh, right. north and south of them. And I just feel mm -hmm. like we are going to have to figure out some sort of way, whether it is through like a financial relief bill, whether it's through something to try to keep these theaters alive because, yeah. you know, it's going to take another six months of this and, and we're going to, some study will come out showing us numbers of how many theaters have gone under, um, yeah. including businesses. You know what I mean? It's, it's so sad. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'm, try your best to like keep i don't know actors and musicians and uh creators um employed to some yeah. extent giving them money i mean the whole like godswell thing does give me hope mm -hmm. that like the fact that we could do that yeah. in august i didn't think was possible yeah like i didn't not think there would be a full-blown performance yeah of a show going on like that is not like you could do concerts and stuff which godswell is kind of like a concert because there's mm. no plot yeah. Um, but like I, that gave me a lot of hope that that was even possible in this time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I just um, and I think I don't know. I mean, same thing with Disney. Disney and Equity just released. Um, they finally came to an agreement. And uh, if you if you're not aware, essentially, um, Disney did not lay out a plan. They were trying to call back Equity workers. And equity basically was like, okay, we need X, Y, and Z to ensure safety for the actors, you know, including testing, mm -hmm. a regular testing, free testing, um, masks, and uh, protective wear when not on stage. Um, yeah. And, and they're also going to have to change the shows slightly and modify them so they're not so in clumps and touching and whatever, whatever. Um, but from what I hear, they finally, after two months, just found a, a meeting point which is great because actors get to get back to work because there was a time and a place yeah. where i was worried that disney and equity were going to part ways um which is totally yeah. a thing that could happen so i'm just i'm happy that equity is protecting actors and doing what exactly a union should do but i mean at the same time it's it's hard because actors need money <laughs> yeah and they need you know so it's it's a balance and it's you know i, I agree with you michaela I'm, I'm happy theaters slowly starting to come back in some sort of form um, yeah, but it got me thinking about Jesus. Um, okay, Jesus, and specifically in the 2011 revival of Godspell, Hunter Parrish played Jesus, and I know he okay. was my sexual awakening um, as a child. Um, of being like, oh, oh, I like men. He was in the show called Weeds. Anybody out there who watches Weeds? I've heard of it. He's I've never watched my it, favorite. He's, he he's like a dreamboat in every single one of the things projects he does. But he still have is mm -hmm. like a diehard Christian. I went pop off Hunter. <laughs> so then they said, "Do you want to play Jesus?" And he said, "Absolutely." Um, so I'm going come. to give you two characters in a musical, Michaela, and we're gonna play. Who okay. do you do? Which person are you going to have either a sensual relationship with? Or um, a powerful um, relationship. You know what I'm saying? You can you can you can oh, yeah. say who would you do? Who would you have a relationship with? And who would you do some other stuff with? Um, right. So first one, <laughs> Orpheus in Hades Town. 
Link mm-hmm. in Hairspray. Which one did you pick? Oh, I'm a Link girl all the way. And that's Orpheus, where we differ. No, thanks. Orpheus, I mean, I know he's kind of whiny. Not gonna lie. Yeah. When I watched the, the when I watched the he play, killed her. he literally I was like, "Girl, you got to it the very saw- last second. Like you saw the finish line, and then you look at her." Well, yeah, no thanks. Whole, I don't need that kind of chaos in my life. And the whole gasp. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then Link <laughs> was like, wait, maybe this is racism. And I'm like, okay, he's catching on. Um, We love a guy who likes to learn. Love it. So um, And then back to Godspell. Jesus or Judas? <laughs> <laughs> um, you and I agree on this I'm one. I'm going to go Jesus. Oh, my God. Michaela, Judas all the way. Um. <laughs> We love I a just betrayer. love um, Beautiful City, like that song. Oh. So that's why I... It's so it's 70s. Jesus. Even in the revival, I was like, this is so 70s. Beautiful um, Disney edition, Beautiful. Beast or Hans? Um, the Beast when he's a beast? Yeah, we're talking or majority. The I mean, he's... how about this? Like, you reach the... If you reach a five-year point in the relationship with Beast, then he turns into a human. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think the beast is that good looking when he's a human. Like in the cartoon. So, yeah. Mm. Like not that cute. Okay, so you're just picking um, Hans. He's gonna betray you, I bitch. Guess I'm picking. I know, but like, if I know ahead of time, I can like prepare. <laughs> Self sabotage. Appropriate for us. Um, I'm gonna stay with Beast because I mean, yeah, he's really angry and he's gonna yell a lot, but then I'm gonna be like, dude, calm down. He's gonna be like, okay. Um, and I love some '90s Terrence Mann who played him on Broadway. So I'm gonna say Beast for me. That is fine. Who are you gonna pick, Beast or Hans? Hans. Hans. Mm, absolutely, he'll kill you. Um, we're gonna do a Golden Age version. So we've got Joey oh. from The Most Happy Fella or Harold Hill from The Music Man. <laughs> oh God. Um, I guess Harold Hill. Oh, my God. He's going to cheat you, girl. Why are you picking cheaters and murderers? I don't really know the other guy that well. So. I feel like if you did, you'd pick Joey. Just Isn't he old? No. Joey's like... Oh, I'm thinking the other character. Joey, Joey's like Cheyenne Jackson. Oh, never mind. I picked Joey. I thought you were talking about the other guy from Most Happy... The lead guy in Most Happy. Oh, yeah, no. Um, we're going to pick some, like, godly people uh, and some demonic people. <laughs> um, Beetlejuice or Hades? Beetlejuice. Really? Yes. I'm Hades all the way. I'm biased, but... Well, yeah. But Hades all the way. He'll... Uh, burp. He literally... He'll protect you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. He'll literally build a racist wall around you. Um, <laughs> and remember that time that song was written like 12 years ago and everyone was like, oh, she wrote yeah. it for Trump. And I'm like, no, she's literally just a blokey prophet. Um, yeah, literally. Yeah, Anais Mitchell, everybody. Um, oh, okay. Um, Aladdin or Kristoff? Oh, Aladdin. I'm going to just pick Kristoff to for be looks. different. <laughs> McKinley goes, just for Christoph. ego. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like Kristoff, like, because he's a nice guy. Like, But Aladdin, come on. Yeah, he's... That is one good-looking man. He's, he's a cutie. Um, <laughs> the entire group of the Temptations or the ensemble of Chicago. <laughs> what an interesting question! I think um, the answer is obvious. Okay. Well, then you tell me yours. Then, it's the I Temptations. Come on. 
Yeah, it is. Like they they have Everybody in the words in of Liam Mun, they have the range. <laughs> they Everyone have the in Chicago is really old. In fairness, over the last on few Broadway. years, they've really tried to revitalize that ensemble. They all look, they're all a lot younger now. Which, in fairness, though, like there was a time and a place where like they all were like Fosse dancers, so it was really cool to see the style done by people who like really freaking know how to do right. it. But on the other hand, uh, I think we're getting but, in like, a I'm new. Oh, no. Well, I mean, to a certain <laughs> extent, no matter the age, I'm like, if you can dance that choreography and look hot as hell, I'm like, absolutely all for it um but do i agree having some like new young energy in the show which i think is definitely the route they're going for i think it's a great yeah. idea i'm sad also the chicago tour was low-key canceled so sorry for those actors mm-hmm. heart go to you and last but not least uh harry potter or ron weasley harry potter i th- i think you would date a ron weasley though yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I think we both but... would love... First off, I'm alone. I'm Snape over there. Like, <laughs> I'm not marrying anybody. But you're... I think you would end up... Because I think you're a lot more of a Hermione. And I just think... Yeah. I don't know. So I, I think... I agree with that. But I mean, hey, that love triangle in the film was real for a few films. You're like, which one is she going to pick? Because you're like, oh, is Hermione going to yeah. date Harry? Like, what's happening? I don't have options like that, so... <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't have she a choice. She literally texting two, me or being but... alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Correct. My favorite a few days ago, you said something along the lines of like, we were like, I was like, like you didn't respond to somebody or something. And then I was like, wait, that's exactly how you treat me. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, like, yeah. You're like, you don't reach out to me either. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're like, I'm aware. And I'm like, ouchie, mama. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I know. I'm the one doing it. <laughs> ouchies. <laughs> I said, now I'm going to put some Neosporin on that. It hurt. <laughs> I'm going to do it before I get them back dead. Uh, wow, we, we've really spent a lot in this episode. We talked about the child stars. We talked about Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. We talked about the future of theater. Please keep people involved and actors employed. <laughs> and and tell yep. us on our Instagram, who would you do? Who's like the, your, the dreamiest of dreamies? Do? Uh, of characters I'm interested but um, y'all I think this all pretty much stays between us <laughs>